Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. On Tuesday, I was on pins and needles. Lots of them. I was shaking on my chair. had my motorcycle helmet on with the visor down. I was strapped into my chair. had my leathers on. Because I was so excited and I didn't want to fall off the chair and harm myself. Over the fiscal update. I can stop this crap now. Eh? Uh, the fiscal update was... <laughs> was uh, I wish they'd stop the crap. Uh, the fiscal update was brought down on Tuesday. And uh, it's been critiqued. Many views and opinions have been issued from the liberals' approach to housing to inflation to government spending and more. Oh, uh, meanwhile, the Bank of Canada governor suggests we may have seen the last in the current spate of interest rate hikes. But let's get at this uh, this uh, federal fiscal update. And we did, of course, last weekend speak with the parliamentary budget officer, Yves Giroux, about this as it was on the way. Now it's here. Professor Eric Cam is here as well. Macroeconomics professor, great friend of this program from Toronto Metropolitan University. Okay, Professor Cam, where do we where do we begin on this uh, fiscal update? This this Trudeau Freeland statement. Should we begin with with housing and the focus on short term rentals, or do you want to start with something else? Hi, Roy. Hi. Um, well, I don't know. Um, as as somebody that I very much respect, this week put in an email after the word fall economic update bracket or whatever that was. That's kind of where we are. I mean, I don't know if truly anybody was sitting on pins and needles waiting in anticipation, but I sat there and I watched it and then I read it and then I likened it to about the biggest waste of time since my first wedding. And I'm not, I'm not proud to say that. Yeah, I know. Try the roast beef. I'm not proud to say that because I really thought that maybe, just maybe, after all of the negativity on the government and Freeland and the prime minister, that maybe this was going to be kind of their time to stand up and show Mr. Polyev and the rest of the country, okay, you think we've been asleep at the switch, but we're not. And here's what we are going to do. But I actually think we got the opposite. I think we got both of them. It was nauseating, by the way, watching them standing and cheering and and patting each other on the back before they went into the house. But we can start wherever you want, but I'm going to do as a good academic does and give you the thesis before we chop it up into pieces, which is this thing provides no help for almost anybody. It is just words. It is just phrases. And it is just the government's way of telling us that in a time of stagnant economic growth, they're really not willing to do anything more than remove the deficit from their lexicon. They obviously don't care what the deficit and the debt are anymore. They are willing to spend however many billions and billions of dollars promised, not spent yet, on housing to try to clear up what they think is an affordability problem for housing. But we can start there when I tell you that I think this is actually full of hot air because I'd like to know, Roy, where are they going to build these houses? Are they going to build them in major urban centers? Can't. There's no land. So are you going to build them two, three hundred kilometers away from urban centers? 
Well, A, I don't think they're going to do it. And B, if you do, here's this rhetorical question. Who's going to buy them, Roy? Yeah. And, and, and if you build them two or 300 kilometers away from urban centers, the transportation becomes an issue. And with the, oh, here we go, carbon tax climbing and gasoline at the expense level that it is, transportation on a daily basis to get to necessary point B from point A, point A being your home, point B being your destination from home, can't afford it. So, no. No, you can't. Look, Professor Cam, I've said for many, many years, you can't outthink those who aren't thinking. And I, I always look at the moment. I get very excited when I search uh, the word help, because I want to see who the government thinks these things help. And I don't see any help anywhere. This clampdown on Airbnbs. This is hysterical. Roy. What's the point? There's no point. All this does is push the gray market into the black market. People are going to advertise on Airbnb, make their contacts, take deals offline, and the government will never know they happen. It's like asking people to pay cash, no tax. So you can forget that. Mortgage holders, there's no help. Did you see this thing? They call it a mortgage charter. What on God's green earth is this? They, they say they're going to remove the stress test. They're not removing the stress test. All they're doing is eliminating one little aspect from the stress test if you agree to stay with your present lender. What this thing does is it just, and maybe we should give them credit for this, Roy, because we don't often give them credit. They are transparent in this document that this is all about new deficit targets, and they are going to be higher than we ever imagined. A $50, $60 billion deficit is coming and it's coming quickly. And by the way, they add that they're going to keep debt to GDP ratios declining. Well, all due respect for the language, who the hell cares? I mean, the person who who's $200 away from insolvency couldn't give a you know what about the debt to GDP ratio. And as an economist, neither do I. And they're also admitting that they shoved on the brake and shoved on the gas at the same time with respect to ending the pandemic. And they have no intention no intention of providing relief for what the Bank of Canada is doing. And why would we expect them to, Roy? They've told the Bank of Canada what to do. The Bank of Canada is listening. Make no mistake, Mr. Macklem is following Mr. Trudeau's orders. Bottom line, end of story, mic drop. So if they're going to remove stress tests, perhaps they should go and visit. And I suggested that Minister Freeland should actually deliver the economic update at one of these locations, they should go and visit Canadians who have in the last year or two years found themselves in a deep economic personal spiral downward and are now living in tents as winter rapidly approaches. In some areas, it's here. Go and tell those people about stress tests. Go and tell those people about Airbnb. Go and tell those people about your fiscal update and then see what happens and what they have to say to you. That's where they should go and talk about stress tests because those are real stressed Canadians. No? And you know who else are really stressed Canadians? Any Canadian that eats. And I'm getting a little bit tired of this as well. And I'm a monetary policy person, so I tend to understand what the Bank of Canada does. And there's lots of ways of reporting inflation. But, you know, I'm getting a little bit, uh, I find it a little disingenuous that we keep hearing inflation statistics that are now in the three to four 
8% range, because you and I both know that those are using very stratified samples of goods. Anybody who has been to a grocery store knows that inflation is a whole lot more than three or 4%. It is also the same if you've been to a restaurant. Everyone knows this, Roy. So I guess I'm just getting a little bit tired of what I see as the government defined broadly as as the federal government, the Bank of Canada, Statistics Canada, almost in, in and I, I hate to say this, but ganging up on Canadians to provide numbers that make themselves look not so bad. I think I'd almost have more respect for them if they came out and said, honestly, we are in the worst economic situation our country has been in since the Great Depression. And we frankly don't know what to do about it, but we're working on it. If they'd have written that in their fall economic statement, I wouldn't have wasted 45 minutes reading it and at least would have been very, very honest. So if you look at uh, where we are today, what this country is experiencing today, what our economic reality is, what Canadians are dealing with, Professor Cam, you have just said it's the worst economic situation that we've been in since the Great Depression. So this just from the Canadian perspective, is worse than 2008, 2009. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. I think it is much worse. And I'll tell you why. Because at least in 2008 and 9, there was a couple things going for us, which were that interest rates were on their way down. They hadn't have been boosted 10 times in basically a calendar year. And in 2008, 2009, yes, it got bad. But the job statistics were still fairly decent. We know right now that we are just on the precipice, Roy. We are just starting to see the inflationary spiral that we've lived through go through the labor market. We're just now starting to see the softening of our labor market statistics and our demand for labor in our country. And so I sit here and go, we've, you know, we we have mortgages that again, we're still at about 70% of mortgages have not been renewed since these rates have gone up and they still have to be renewed. And I say to myself, that's horrible, but it's bearable if at least those people that have to renew have stable jobs. But I fear that that stable job analysis is about to collapse. And so it's really of it's it's between a rock and a hard place right now that I'm I'm scrambling. And I mean this sincerely to the listeners. I look at the macroeconomic indicators. I look at the macroeconomic variables. And except for the cherry picking that the government does and says our debt to GDP ratio is low, I don't see any positive news. We have to stimulate an economy. And by the way, there's lots of research on how to stimulate an economy. There's multiple ways to stimulate an economy. I don't know why our government doesn't want to stimulate the economy. And that answer is nowhere found in this statement, Roy. Well, their focus is net zero. That's all they talk about. Net zero, net zero, net zero, net zero. You know what, Roy? They've got net zero. We have zero economic growth. We have zero confidence in our labor market. We have zero confidence in our government officials. We're at net zero, just not just not the one we should be. They are, as we've said before, they're so hyper focused on not seeing the minutia. The minutia is simple. We've got to raise the disposable income. I'm a broken record. Disposable income has to rise in this country. It's been flat or declining for far too long. But the government doesn't want to deal with that. They're far more concerned about carbon taxes, net zero, and lots of other initiatives that, as I've said before, I think I could get behind them, Roy, in times of economic booms. 
But right now, it's the opposite. We are just trending downwards so severely that it's time to abandon everything else. It really is. I don't know what they call it in the army, but you hear the expression, all hands on deck. It should be all hands on deck for anything that has nothing to do with raising disposable income of Canadians. And somehow that doesn't get into their fall economic statement, Roy. Yeah. One industry that may see some significant growth, though, is the tent industry. Uh, tent industry, the um, people that work in bankruptcies, the people that work in taking houses and cars away from people who default on their payments, the, as we call them in the States, the bail bond industry. I mean, you know, I don't want to make light of it. It's just that no, I'm, no, I'm not making light of it either, but it's no, fact. I'm, I'm just, as an right? economist, as a professor, as a dad, I'm scrambling for some macroeconomic data that doesn't leave me lacking. And I mean, it's, it's silly to say it wasn't in their statement. It's not anywhere. We've got to turn the economy around. It's true that an economy is cyclical and there will be ups and there will be downs. But there are things that you can do to keep the downs not so down. And we aren't doing any of them. Professor Cam just got an email to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com from Gary. Didn't say where he was from. Said, my family is being incrementally crushed. Stop it. Says it all, huh? Hi, Gary. Um, your family is being in incrementally crushed, and, and, and so are so many. And I think that's why I was left so lacking, Roy. Again, not to be too repetitive, but I kept looking for help. And I didn't see any. And that makes me nervous. And then one thing I wanted to add is about that Airbnb guffuffle. Um, why I really hate moves like this, and I know you've spoken about this with other guests, is that when you see the government attacking companies, don't ever be confused. That is the public sector blaming the private sector. And that is never a win for the public sector. That is the public sector admitting we have done our jobs poorly, but we're going to deflect the blame onto the private sector. And frankly, I hate that, Roy. So, all right, where are we going to be a year from now? We're going to be exactly where we are now. We don't have enough time to have anything massively changed. An economy is not a physics lab. You don't get to pull a lever and things change quickly. Things in economics change very slowly. It's a very big system and it's far from perfect. We have no growth drivers in place now. The economy has no fiscal or monetary stimulus in place now. So nothing is going to happen until that changes. Now, they may tell you that they're going to reduce interest rates in the next year. I'm not convinced they're going to do that. I, I don't see any reason to believe they're going to do that. But I really hope that they do, because that would at least give some relief, some help to people that would like to not lose their homes. So I truly believe a year from now, scaringly, I think we're going to be here. And I think we're going to be having a similar conversation, wondering when the government is going to actually do what it was elected to do, which is make the lives of the people who voted for them and the people who didn't vote for them a little bit better. But until something is done, Roy, I can promise you that nothing is going to happen because economies don't fix themselves by accident. Yeah. You know, for, for so many years, we said those two words that you've said, you've repeated time and again recently, when you've been on the air with us, cut taxes. 
Cut taxes. Cut taxes. Roy, cut taxes. Cut, cut so many things that are just eating into the lifestyle and the ability to feed your family and clothe your family and house your family. Now is the time. If the government really wants to look good and have a shot at now, I don't think they can win the next election. I mean, the numbers are staggering. But if they at least want to have a shot at maintaining some semblance of respectability, mm-hmm. grab a first year economics textbook. If they need, I'll send them one no charge. Okay. And go okay. to the part about the couple chapters on economic growth. Okay. There's both demand side and supply side growth. And I think that they should give it a read and give something a try. Because one thing I've learned as an academic is that trying yeah. something is better than trying nothing. And my last comment, just because I see the time. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Don't blame capitalism. Stay healthy, Roy. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 